Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Let's uh, recap night one from the NFL Draft 2023. It's been a long night and a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have changed in very uh, interesting ways for the Detroit Lions. Let's just recap what exactly happened before we let uh, you in here for our thoughts. First off, I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host. We have been live for over five hours here on twitch.tv slash pride Detroit. Please join us again for night two and a little bit of night of day three for the NFL draft here. We'll try to get you some thoughts there, but we have with us Kentley Platty, the amazing math bomb on Twitter, who is the uh, pride of Detroit alumni, who is the inventor of RAS and with the pro football network. And John Whitaker is with us, one of our editors. Uh, are you an editor, John, or is it just like social media manager? Like, I forget what we give you for the bogus titles that we make up. Bogus? I earned that title with my, all my hard work. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So real quick recap of what happened on night one. Lions started with six and 18. They moved down. The Arizona Cardinals were very active in the first round decided to trade back up after giving away the third round pick. They traded back up with the Detroit Lions. Lions got in that trade um, 12 and 34. I think there was also a swap later in picks, but I don't have that up on my screen right now. I apologize. I really should have that here. But either way, that's the pertinent info because tomorrow pick 34 will be right third pick of the day. But 12 comes up. The Lions select Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama. And then later that night at pick 18, where they were already slated, they selected Jack Campbell linebacker from Iowa. Now, this is really fascinating. Neither of these players really got on a lot of boards first round grades. Jameer Gibbs was kind of that day one, day two fringe player that people were talking about. Whereas Jack Campbell, I think was solidly a day two guy on most people's big boards. Uh, we had uh, Brad Holmes speak before we went live with this talking about that. You know, they, they a lot of these boards don't see the same info we do. And it's it's just been fascinating. I think the big story has been whether you're positive or negative. If you still believe in Brad Holmes, that's fine. But I think a lot of people, Kent, really start to have some wavering uh, thoughts about the Detroit Lions because of these selected players. Because these players feel like they got fell in love with certain guys and were ignoring the backboard. They, I mean, ignoring the big board. They passed over Christian Gonzalez. They passed over... Uh, several other great players were in this draft at at, val at positions we kind of value. So what do you take away from all of this here tonight? Yeah, part of it is just that positional value is is viewed very differently from NFL teams. You know, we we talk about, you know, BPA, the, the, the best player available. That takes into account team needs, depending on which team is on the clock at the time. And that's different for every team. Um you know, Jeremy, Jeremy said that he vowed, thinks that Holmes valued Jameer Gibbs specifically and Jack Campbell specifically in those spots. He fell in love with those specific players. I tend to think it's more that he was looking for a specific role rather than a specific player. And I know those seem like the same things. They're a little bit different. So we we dis, we differ a little bit on that. But generally, this is a, a, a general manager who knew what he wanted to get coming into the draft. And he made sure that he got the things that he wanted to get. One of those things was a running back. 
whether that's Jameer Gibbs specifically or Jeff, the running back. And that was the highest guy left. Um, but he had to walk away with somebody and that's what he got. And 12th overall was where he valued him. So that's what we ended up with. Um, linebackers aren't super valued in the, in the first round, unless they're pass rushers. That is not Jack Campbell's game. Uh, but they apparently really wanted to walk away with one or they really wanted to walk away with Jack Campbell specifically. Either way, they they wanted him and they got him. Um, I think that's just something that fans are going to have to come to terms with as we we kind of learn what Brad Campbell is all about, um, is that he will have his guys. He has guys that he will fall in love with. The, the one thing we can take solace in is that unlike uh, Bob Quinn, who also did that, uh, is that Brad Holmes hasn't sucked at evaluating those individual players. He hasn't been really bad at evaluating those guys individually. So if he does fall in love with players and, and gets what most people would consider a reach for a player because they're drafted significantly higher than we would expect them to, if they work out, that's okay. And so far, Brad Holmes has been pretty adept at finding guys that have worked out. So we can argue the positional value now because we don't know whether or not they're good players in the NFL yet. Um, but ultimately, if they work out, the positional value stuff is going to mean quite a bit less. I think one of the um, biggest trend of this uh, first day of the draft is a lot of people, as we mentioned, disliking the value. However, there's a big narrative difference between disliking the pick and disliking the players. I think in a nutshell, if you're evaluating only these players on the Detroit Lions, there's actually a lot to be excited about. And if anything, my biggest takeaway from this draft is I'm going to be really intrigued to come training camp and preseason just to see how these guys fit into the offense and defense. Um, Gibbs, for example, is already going to be one of the fastest players on the team. And when you have a, a dimension like that, especially as a running back who can catch, uh, pairing him up with David Montgomery is really interesting. Um, whether that justifies a pretty early first round pick is always going to be up for debate. And unfortunately, this is going to kind of haunt him for his entire career. It's just the way it goes. But these players don't get to choose where they are picked. Uh, end of the day, look at Jack Campbell. I think off ball linebackers, the value has really decreased over the year. But I think if the Lions were going to go for an off ball linebacker, he's probably the guy to get. Another thing that's also pretty important, kind of going to what Kent was talking about evaluations, is that. Not only did they draft a running back and linebacker, but they got guys who are considered great athletes for that position. And those are also two positions where being a great athlete is really, really important. So if there's some solace, and even if you don't like the positions, there's some value there in terms of just pure athleticism. And that can translate nicely. So if it pans out, you know, we'll all look like fools. So at the end of the day, you need to have a little bit of trust in the general manager, even if our initial reactions are a bit skeptical. And I didn't pay John to be the one that brought up athleticism. That was that was fully on his own. <laughs> I, I learned from you. I am a, I'm a guru from you. So I, how much how much are fans really? I guess it's hard for me to to evaluate where fans are at with this. There's still a lot of trust in Brad Holmes, but there's clearly been some some some. Am I am I coming up the right word in, in my mind? Fracturing. I when think it, panic's when it, a good word for that. Yeah, a little, I think a little coming, bit coming coming into this draft, I think there was a lot of excitement because uh, the 2022 Detroit Lions really exceeded everyone's expectations, and it was like, okay, this is the time to really make an impact. They're going to make another steal in the draft, as they have been in previous years, and I think especially maybe you get mock drafts too far into your head. I don't think anyone really foresaw these picks coming um obviously there's the trade down so it makes it a bit more complicated but 
I would really like to see if any mock drafts beforehand had Gibbs to Detroit at 18, let alone 12, right? It's definitely a question down the road, I think. Um, that's really the question with any sort of draft is how much evaluation can you truly do the day of or like a month after or even a year after, right? It's something that you really review like two, three, five years down the road to see what kind of players these are turned into, especially when you start talking about contracts and stuff. Um, so really, there's kind of a limited amount of scope we can actually look at right now. It's more just kind of knee-jerk reactions, right? And you can go either way with that, really. Yeah, I think panic is the right word for it. Um, it. It may come with a little bit of a negative connotation, but it also means that you can get over it. Um, and not just get over in it because you got it, right? We don't have a choice. Um, but I think once people start looking at what Jameer Gibbs brings to the table as a, as a running back, they're going to start to realize what he can look like in this offense. He's going to get a runway. He's going to get some space. And that's where he thrives. And he's going to have Ben Johnson calling plays for him. Ben Johnson's extremely creative. And he's got somebody now with breakaway speed that he can do some pretty nifty stuff with. That's pretty exciting when you really start to look at it. And when you get over the, the shock of drafting a running back at 12, you start to really look at what you can do with a player like Jameer Gibbs. Um, I think that fans are going to start to fans that are, are tentative about it, that may be feeling a little, little tentative about these picks. They're going to really start to understand what they're getting with it and how that can be deployed in this offense. Um, it's a little bit similar with Campbell, only it's a lot less exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> There's just not a lot of excitement about drafting a middle linebacker. Um, and even if you do find things that you like about Jack Campbell, that that isn't going to make you super excited about the pick. Um, what is going to help, I think, with, with Jack Campbell is when people start to realize the kind of athlete that he is. Um, we had talked earlier about how he doesn't necessarily look like the type of elite athlete that he is. Um, for those that didn't know, Jack Campbell tested out as one of the most athletic linebackers ever, right on par with um, Luke Keekley, Brian Urlacher, that level of athlete. We're not talking about a guy who's just a little bit fast or you know, maybe had one or two good drills. One of the best overall athletes at a position that is extremely flush with great athletes. Um, but it doesn't always show up on tape. And this is where you have to really trust that the team can develop players. They're constantly talking about development. Um, and I think that whether or not you're tentative about these picks um, as somebody that's pretty critical, I think in general of the lions coaching staff and the lions in just in general, um, one of the things I have very little concern about is their ability to develop players, to build players up to better than they are coming into the league. And if they can figure out what to do with Jack Campbell to fix those, the stiffness issues that sometimes show up, um, the reaction issues that sometimes show up. Um, he's going to be a very good linebacker in the NFL. And I'm I'm more confident in their ability to develop than I am anything else at this point. So looking ahead to day two, the Detroit Lions have a 34th pick that was part of their trade down package from six. Uh, is there any thoughts right now what we could maybe see them doing or if, you know, they kind of come back down to earth on some of these positions they've Completely passed up on day one. Would how how much chaos do you want? Because I, I mean, mean Joey Porter Jr. is still on really the board. Weird. It's it's gotten yeah. weird already. It could get really like. weird. We've got Will Levis and Hendon Hooker if they decide they want to get a quarterback. Um, you've already mentioned Joey Porter. 
Um, there's a couple of other guys. Clark Phillips III is a guy that I think m- might be in consideration here. Much smaller, doesn't have the athletic profile they really look for, but has that that grittiness and that that big mouth that you like at cornerback and fantastic ball skills. So he's somebody that could be considered there. Um, you've still got edge players who can play on the inside. So a guy like Adetomu uh, Adabawari is a guy that could be considered there. You want a defensive tackle that runs in the four fours. We've got you covered. Uh, Keon White, another edge edge and inside player that, that could get in, get consideration there at 34. Um, there's a lot of really good players still left on the board, and the Lions have a lot of options left open to them. The big question is going to be, does anybody have any idea what Brad Holmes wants? Because it's going to be that. It's going to be the thing that he's decided he's going to get at that point. At this point, I think all bets are off in terms of what position is going to go. Uh, firstly, as part of the trade down, the Lions obviously got that early second round pick. And they have quite the arsenal of early picks. And at this point, I have no clue what direction they're going to go. Um, funny enough, I think linebacker and running back were two positions that were pretty popular for day two predictions. So all of a sudden, we're going to have to look at maybe some day one positions that might have to be addressed on day two. So obviously, you mentioned uh, secondary is a big one. I mean, I'm really surprised Brian Branch fell this far. I know he didn't test that great, but to me, he was a guy whose tape was quite phenomenal. Um, you know, as you mentioned, in uh, defensive tackles, uh, tight end, wide receiver, there's really list goes on and on. And for as unpredictable as this first round can be, I think the second and third rounds can be even more unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll look forward to it because uh, Lions have now three. What is it? Three more picks, four more picks now in the top 100, I believe. It's um, it's sized up to be a very interesting day, too. And already I feel like they're kind of on a back foot in regards to how people are going to react to taking a running back and a linebacker. No matter how good they are, they kind of now have very outsized expectations thrown upon them by fans, by media to succeed in spite of their their position to a, to a level. And I, I think Jameer Gibbs actually fits very well to this offense as far as being a pass-catching running back. It's just... You know, you go 12th overall, that is some rarefied company as a running back, even if you're the second off the board with with uh, Bijan Robinson going top 10 in this draft. But we had a lot of a weird night for today. We will catch up with you guys. Uh, we've been live for a very long time here on Twitch.tv slash Pride Detroit. We're already into on the East Coast what would be day two. So we hope you could join you later today. Is that how we're going to put it? Uh, we're going to have more guests more fun. It was me, Morgan, and Hamza on for most of the day. And we're going to have a lot more coming up on day two. We hope to see you there. But for, for now, we'll see you star side. This has been the Pride of Detroit POD cast. A quick hitter for you on day one. Have full thoughts on the Monday podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>